What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Spectators. We got Tampa being successful again, NBA playoffs, all-star game voting, and some dropping trowel on the diamond. A lot to talk about today. My name is Julian. I'm here at Brooklyn. What's going on, buddy? We talking about dropping trowel. Dropping huh? trowel. Mm. Sounds, sounds like a fun episode. It does sound like a fun episode. How you doing, bro? We're doing good. Uh, had a nice. We are doing. Had good. a good weekend. I'm excited for all the things going on this week. And this is again one of the best times of the years because we got the Stanley Cup about to start. We got MLB or yeah, MLB is about to be in the All Star Game, which right after that is when the season gets real good. NBA is mm-hmm. creeping towards the finals. And then even little mm, things. Yes. We got Olympic trials happening in the track world. And there was really cool stuff going on over there. Shout out to all the Ducks that went crazy this week because they did. Let's go Ducks. And there's just a lot of cool things going on. Little League World Series is happening right now if you're interested in that. Uh, there's just a whole lot. It's great because we're getting back to that real feeling of just the sports world living. Yeah. And it's amazing, bro. It, it absolutely is. It, it, just, it feels so weird. Seeing all this, it's hard to keep up with it. I ain't gonna lie, it's really hard to keep up with it because yeah. we went so long. We're just all right. We got a little bit of this to watch. We got a little bit of that, and nothing really too crazy. But now, you just got everything, and I love it. Yeah, and I didn't even mention the College World Series is going on, and there was nope. a whole COVID debacle there where it kind of sucks. Uh, North Carolina State wound up getting just kicked from the tournament for like a failed covid test and covid protocols yeah. and that's a whole disaster that i don't know enough to get into but i did want to mention but that, that sucks for the sucks for the kids man yeah and they were an underdog story this year too so that's that's just really not the way to go out but they had a great season and there's nothing to hang their heads about because they were fantastic this year and made a really yeah. good run and they were supposed to go up against vandy if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they were going to go against Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt has the two best pitchers in college baseball. Yeah. And that just would have been a lot of fun and a real opportunity for some of those NC State kids to maybe show something to a scout or two, you know. So, kind of mm-hmm. sucks that they missed that opportunity. It's okay. You know, you make the most out of what you got. And, and they did this year. They did. So, congrats to all of them. Congrats to all of them. Also, congratulations so the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Montreal Canadiens, they are going to be playing in the Stanley Cup tonight. Game back one. Back to back? Game one. Back to back? Can the Lightning go back to back? Back to back? And, you know, we, we've been talking about it for a year now. Tampa sports have been on an absolute tear. Absolute yeah. tear. The Bucks <clears throat> are still going to be good this year. The Lightning are back in the Stanley Cup, and that's one of the harder things to do because – Hockey is one of those sports that the best team doesn't always win. Like, granted, the best team that plays that day does. But the best team on paper doesn't always win, and that's very evident. If you look back at the Lightning, uh, I think it was two years ago, they had the the most amount of points ever in a season and then got lost in the first round. Well, they also had the best record ever in hockey. Yeah. And then got obviously bounced, so it's wild. So, clearly hockey is not as evident of who's actually the best team, but just a team who survived the playoffs, which is yeah. fun. I, I like that aspect of it. Whereas you look at the NBA or the NFL, typically it's just the best team, right? Yeah. Typically. More, so. more often yeah, than More not. often than not, exactly. So to be able to go into the Stanley Cup two years in a row is just not something that happens a whole lot. 
and Tampa, Tampa looking nice. I, I can't, you know, we're not a hockey podcast. We're not going to harp on this too long because we don't have any insightful comments to really bring to the table here. Yeah. And, and I'm not going to discredit anybody who does have those. If you are a hockey person and you want to join the team, let us know. We, we, need yeah. a, we need a hockey insider over here. But we are a Tampa podcast, and it's dope to see Tampa doing what they're doing. It's dope. Absolutely. I, I know that can't, we'll. Can't lie. I know that we're gonna try and go to like one of the the watch parties because I don't think going to the game is very realistic. So nah, so we're nah. gonna try and go to one of the watch parties <laughs> and do a little thing for you guys while we're there, and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully we can do that and have a good time with with some of our people. So if you're if you're in Tampa and you're rooting for the Lightning, you see us, say hi, close a kiss, say, hi. say go Bolts, whatever it takes. Go Bolts, baby. Go Bolts. And, you know, at the top of the, at the very beginning of the show, I mentioned uh, drop and trowel. You did. I, I want to know a little bit more about this. It sounds interesting. It's really interesting that sticky stuff is leading the drop and trowel. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, yo. <laughs> On last Monday was the very first day that the MLB put into effect umpires checking pitchers for foreign substances. And during these <laughs> checks, they are completely random. During the game, they're not before, but they're during the game whenever they feel fit. They check the pitcher, they check their glove, they check their hat, they check their belt. And they check for some sort of foreign substance. If they pass, they move on. If they get caught, they get instantly thrown out of the game and suspended 10 days. There was an incident of that yesterday, which was the first and only one within the week. Mm-hmm. But before that, day one, this is this is Monday. We got Max Scherzer that was on the bump. He got checked three times. Ridiculous. And a manager on the other side, they were playing the Phillies. Joe Girardi was actually imploring the umpires to check him again, and to which they did the second time. And the first time, Scherzer was not very happy about it, but he he kind of understood. He, he was just like, all right, here you go. Here's my stuff. And the second time, it was mid-inning, I believe, and they come – and they check him on the mound, and he starts just throwing a fit. He takes off his hat, takes off his belt, just, here, here, you want it? You want it? You want anything else? You want anything yeah. else? <laughs> and if you know anything about Max Scherzer, his nickname is Mad Max because he's very, very low-key <laughs> a psychopath. I don't, I don't even know if it's low-key. but And in the best way possible. Like he's, I'm sure he's a great guy, and I know he's done a lot for the community over there in Washington. He's not actually a psychopath. But like when he's playing, he's so locked in and such a competitor that he just like... Mm-hmm. Especially, That's what I love about Max. Oh, it's awesome. Especially with like the two different colored eyes. Like He just feels different. <laughs> you know? Yeah, just feels absolutely. Different. Absolutely. And so he goes ballistic. And that was all on the news everywhere because that was honestly really funny. And the fact that, like, it was egged on by a manager, like, because Scherzer was pitching so well that Girardi is just like, please check him again. <laughs> and it's just, you got the pitchers throwing up their hands like they're guilty, like they did something wrong. And it's just, it's a wild, wild look that MOB got going on right now around the game. Because on top of Max Scherzer doing that, you had Sergio Romo come off the field after giving up a tank, and he just threw his glove down, his hat down, and his pants, his trousers literally came down. Yeah. 
he he gave all of it, and he even dropped Trow, and the umpire even kind of gave like a like a come on. <laughs> like we we see, we've seen bloopers throughout MLB history where like somebody slides into first and they take off their pants they don't realize where they are real quick trying to get the dirt off of them they're like oh 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 but this was just he just let it hang he looked and he looked them dead in the eye took off everything (laughs) and dropped his pants he said like what's up this what you want check me right now so it's just wild and then obviously the sticky stuff the spider attack is a substance to enhance spin rate Right, make the ball go spinny, spin, spin faster. They've checked knuckleballers where a knuckleball, if you don't know, is known to not spin. It and they check these pitchers if, for substance. If you're a knuckleballer, your goal is to have zero spin rate. Like if you have any spin, you're you're not a good knuckleballer. Yeah, you're failing as a knuckleballer if you have a lot of spin. So you're going to tell me them. we're checking him for spider attack and sunscreen? Come, come on, man. Come on, man. We're better than that. Yeah, it's it's just, it's wild. It's wild. It's a weird, weird look on an already weird, weird organization called Rob Manfred's Major League Baseball. It's weird. So there's that. Yeah, and then, like I mentioned, too, you know, we don't want to harp on this too long. We talked about it a lot. A couple, or I think it was last week. Um, yeah. Hector Santiago, Mariners pitcher, uh, lefty pitcher. He's the first pitcher to be ejected and suspended for sticky stuff. He failed his check, got instantly tossed from the game, and has now been suspended for 10 games, as everybody knows that it's just the deal before this happens, which I am happy that there is, like, a – precedent and like hey it's 10 days like here you go and obviously if you do it multiple times it'll be more but i'm very shocked that anybody got caught i didn't think anybody was gonna get caught all year never mind less than a weekend yeah because why are you even trying to do this right now it's like you you go out and drink and drive and you know there's gonna be a dui checkpoint why do it well, first of all, why, why do, do it, it at all? But second of all, well, exactly, why do it at all? But it's like better example: don't bring a brand new bottle of shampoo through the TSA check line when you know you can't bring bottles of shampoo through TSA. Yeah, it's it's weird. But my thing is, I understand kicking them out of the game because you don't know what the substance is, right? Yeah. But I feel like the straight 10 days off rip is a little bit wild. Like, it should go to the umpire's room and then be checked for whatever it may be checked for and then make a decision then. But Well, I don't like that because then you're setting weird precedents where, like, this thing is worse than this thing. And where baseball is very clearly just on this... We know that some things are worse than others, but we don't care because it's sticky and it helps. So we, until we figure out a thing for you to use, all of it is bad and all of it's the devil. And I guess, like, yeah. I don't hate that approach just because they don't know exactly what each thing does to help in particular categories. Mm-hmm. So I'm not overly mad about that. Like, if somebody got yeah. suspended one game and they were a starter, just like, what are we doing? So you yeah, set you set the ten games. That. I don't love it, 
But you set the 10 games. Now you know not to do it. We move on. We move on. And you also mentioned earlier about the All-Star game. Let's move on to that. Yeah, All-Star game was fan voting, as it's been in years past. I don't know if we've ever had such a bad fan vote. I'm sure we have. Like, I'm sure we have, right? This is, like, egregious. So, if you look at the catchers, right? Martin Maldonado made the final list. He has a negative war. He's hitting 125. He's on the Astros, and the Astros have been fantastic this year. Uh, He's batting 125 with a negative war. He got second in voting for catchers. He's batting 171 on the season two with a 541 OPS. Like, what? What are are we doing here? What are we doing here? And granted, catchers aren't good defensively, but at least if you're going to fan vote some people in, have it be the... (sighs) Mike Zanino. He's been fantastic this year. What are we doing not voting him in? Gary Sanchez has been on a tear lately. What are we doing? And then you even look at the National League, and this one makes a little bit more sense. But, like, Carson Kelly, had he not gotten hurt, Carson Kelly was the second-best catcher in baseball this season in general. He's not on this list. Weird stuff. Weird stuff. And then you you look at – I mean, it's really every position, and – I'll highlight some of those guys that should be on these lists, and there's others that aren't, and it's just like, why? But uh, you were going to say something, so thoughts? No, I, I think I was getting uh, to the point you're about to make where Buxton and Trout haven't been playing because obviously they're injured, and here they are at the top of the All-Star voting taking away spots for people that could be playing. Yeah, exactly, and it's the opposite for what I just said with the catchers, too. Like, if you're going to have Buxton and Trout be 1-3 and in voting for outfielders, why is Carson Kelly not here? I just don't understand. And granted, the Diamondbacks have been terrible, but he was really, really good. So I don't see what's happening with that. Uh, You look at first base. In the American League in particular, Jose Abreu is the reigning MVP. You get He's going to get a lot of votes, and that's okay. Matt Olson has been all-worldly all season. Yeah. He le- he's third in the, in the American League at home runs. He, his average is way up. He had a really bad year last year, and I'm really happy to see him turn that around because he's just such a good power hitter. He's a tremendous defender, too. He's probably the best defensive first baseman in baseball, which is you know, not a super important position to be good at defense, but it's really, really beneficial and gets you outs for sure. He's better than Jose Abreu this year. He just is. Yeah, and the, just the, the issue when it comes to that, I guess just when it comes to the fan voting, you, you got the obviously small market and then the big market, and it's tough for the small market teams with good players and who aren't really the best teams. Now, that's not the case with the – Athletics, obviously, different case with the Diamondbacks, but it's tough when you leave it up to just demographic like that. Yeah, no, it is. And another great example, second base for the National League, you got Gavin Lux as a finalist. Gavin Lux, he's a really, really talented kid, left-handed hitter, second baseman. He can, he's a little versatile for the Dodgers. He's hitting two thirty with six home runs. What are we doing putting him in top three? Okay. Now, I will say, shout out to 
voters for getting Adam Frazier in there. Adam Frazier is going to get MVP votes if he keeps playing as well as he is this year. And the Pirates are terrible. Yeah, 331 average, 28 RBIs, 874 OPS. Dude's balling. He's playing really well, so happy to see him get there. Another weird guy, like Javi Baez being here. Just strange. Why is Jazz Chisholm not on this list? Can somebody tell me that? I don't know what position you put him as. Shortstop or second base. I don't really care. He needs to be here. How is that not a thing? And in the case of utility guys like that, I feel like instead of having the DH be picked for the um, American League, just have it be like have a, a spot utility. Have a u- yeah, have a utility pick. I feel like that would kind of work for players like that that don't really have a position, but well, Jazz is definitely they, gonna be like the shortstop of the future there, but yeah, but in right now, yeah. where where. Players just bounce around, being a utility guy, play a little bit infield, bounce out to the outfield here and there. So that'll be interesting because we were talking about that before the episode started. Why even be able to pick the DH for obviously the American League that has a DH and the National League doesn't? But where where's this other player coming from? And it's just weird, especially it being in a National League park. Like, why do we even have it here? I get it if it's going to be in an American League. Try to have it in both. So, I don't know. That That's a weird thing to me. But I don't know how you feel about that. It doesn't tickle my fancy any, any more or less. I don't particularly care <laughs> too much, truthfully. Gotcha. Uh, I, I do think certain things are weird. We talked about Trout and Buxton. Obviously, those guys are all-star type players. I think they're both top 10 players when they're healthy in the sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. But they aren't. And so it's good to see a guy like Cedric Mullins get some some votes in here. Mm-hmm. Um, even Adolis Garcia, who's been fantastic this season, uh, he got on the final list. Uh, some guy like Jack Peterson doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I know the Cubs want to get some representation here, but that just doesn't makes sense when you got like a switch hitter like Brian Reynolds who's been fantastic again for the Pirates. The Pirates have some pretty good guys over there that need to be traded some places. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. That's all we're going to say. So, I don't know. Fan voting is really, really cool. I don't think it works. Just because baseball is one of those sports that just because a name is there doesn't mean they're playing well. DJ LeMayu should not be on this list. I love DJ LeMayu. Okay. He's one of my favorite players in baseball. Shouldn't be here. Jose Reyes shouldn't be here. Malton Monado. This that one be wild because I don't think people even know who that is outside of like actual baseball fans. So I don't even mm-hmm. understand that one. Thing is with All Star voting, starters I feel like should always just be the best guys at that position. And then if you want to throw in all the subs at fan voting, or just let's say three people, or just well whatever you want to put it. Then you keep it to the fan vote. But as the starters, it should just be the best guys in the game. Well, and, that, that's the thing. And here's what I actually think. I actually think it's the opposite. I like the fan voting for the starters because the fans vote for those guys. Those are the guys that start the game. You see them on the field right away. They get represented like during the, the main name thing. That's fine. Cool. Everybody else should be guys that deserve this. 
because that's the majority of the rest of the roster, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the like all of those guys should be guys that deserve to get in. And granted, we couldn't fan, fan vote for pitching this year, which leads me to believe that everybody who deserves to be there will be there. You'll see a Freddie Peralta that probably wouldn't get the votes to be there. You'll see a Jonathan Loisaga who probably wouldn't get the votes to be there. Like you'll see those types of guys in this, which I think is awesome. Carlos Radon, yeah. like guys like that. Um, I don't know. Fan voting is cool. It it helps engagement, and I know that they want it, and they're not going to get rid of it. This is just not really the way to go, though. I don't know, man. That's weird. Weird, weird, weird. But we digress. We're going to move on. One more thing before we get into NBA stuff because that's a whole – I mean, it's not a whole lot, honestly. There's only the, the two – series going on right now but i mentioned that olympic trials happened this weekend and i just want to give a big shout out to cole hawker in particular absolute kick of a lifetime the dude is insane comes back winds up winning the 1500 against the reigning gold medalist centro and if you haven't seen that kick Go ahead and do it. We'll probably quote tweet it because it, it just needs to be seen from like non-track fans. And I know a lot of the people who listen to this and who I associate with are really big into track. It was a really, really fun weekend for track. So hope you guys all enjoyed that. Shout out to New Hayward Field for being open as well. Shout out. And on to basketball. On to basketball. What do you want to start with? Uh, let's take it out west first. Take it out west. That, that seems like the one that's on the ropes. Yeah, you got and the the Kawhi-less Clippers versus the partially Chris Paul-less Suns. He does come back in Game Three, which actually was a clunker of a game for them. He he did not play particularly well. He was obviously getting his feet back under him. Mm-hmm. And this series has really come down to like one thing and it's kind of sad because obviously there's a whole game leading up before this where plenty of things have could have gone different so this is not fully to blame on this guy or on these shots Mm. but we've discussed it it's been all over twitter it's been all over social media he's gotten a lot of flack over the years for not performing in the playoffs and the conversation has to be around paul george yeah. It has to start and it has to end with Paul George because if Paul George comes into these games and hits these foul shots at the end of games, it's a very different series. In game two, very different. they're winning by one. He's at the foul line for two shots. If he hits even one shot, they go up two. So a two ties it, a three wins it for Phoenix. They wind up getting a tip-in dunk with .3 seconds left to win the game. Because he missed both the foul shots, so they couldn't extend the lead. And ag- alley in the valley. And again, there's I'm sure shots could have been made leading up to this. Absolutely. But when you have that moment and you're getting paid that money and you are the guy because Kawhi is not playing, you have a chance to tie the series, take a game on the road, go back to L.A., feeling relatively confident that you're tied 1-1 without your best guy. Yeah. 
and you miss both shots. Now, let me, let me give you some numbers for what he is shooting from the line, just for this series alone. And I, and I want to preface this. I think he's like an 85% career foul shooter. Like He's a good foul shooter. 30 made, 43 attempted. So, 13 missed is tough in four games. Because that's points off the board in big situations that you need to hit. And you're you're not doing it, and it's just... You leave it just up to whatever happens. Like, in uh, the fourth quarter of this last game, he went... Uh, five for nine, shooting fifty five percent. That's that's bad. From the line. Uh huh. From the line. Yeah, that's that's bad. From the line. And again, he's a career eighty five guy. Like, yeah, we expect him to be making a majority of these shots. Yeah, the whole game for uh, game four, he went twelve for eighteen, shooting sixty six percent. It's not good. Yeah. You got to be better. It's not good. And then, you know, the Clippers had a – they've had really tiring series that has to be part of it. They're without Kawhi. Oh, absolutely. That has to be part of it. The Suns absolutely. have only lost two games in the whole playoffs, right? They're 3-1 and one right now against the Clippers. They got them on the ropes. The game on Friday, too, was just bad. Right? I think it was Friday or Saturday. I don't remember exactly what day. It was 84-80. to 80. The final score, there was less than 30 total points scored in the fourth quarter. The Suns shot 36%. The Clippers shot 32%. These are as a team. And there were not even 10 combined three-pointers made. They shot a combined 9 for 51 from three. Sheesh. It was a really bad game. And it's crazy because it kind of started kind of kind of nice phoenix was hitting all their shots early it devolved very quickly yeah but like the clippers had a big third quarter scoring 30 but you look at the box score for phoenix it goes 29 21 19 15 and it's just like what are we doing here well and here's here's what i'm really looking at right Mm mm-hmm a lot of the talk has been about Devin Booker. He's been fantastic in this playoffs. This is one of the best initial playoff runs we've ever seen from anybody. This is like LeBron-esque when he was in the, his first playoffs. But I really want to give a shout-out to DeAndre Ayton. Oh, absolutely. DeAndre Ayton has very, very quietly, which is weird to say since, again, they've only lost two games in the playoffs. He's very, very quietly been the anchor to this team this entire playoffs. He's played fantastic defense. He's shooting over 70% in the entire playoffs. In that in that last game, he had 19 and 22 boards. Yeah. 22 boards with nine of them being on offense. To have nine offensive boards from one player and only put up 84 points in a game is, to put it plainly embarrassing, because right there should be 18 points. If you get an offensive board, in theory, you should score, right? Mm-hmm. Second chance points are just what win games. Mm-hmm. 
He, but despite that, he's been so good at every game. He's shooting over 50%. He's taking really smart shots. He's not stepping out and doing more than he's asked to. He's playing good defense. He's rebounding. And he's taking these high percentage shots. And he's a number one overall pick that we kind of just don't talk about. Maybe it's because he's in Phoenix. Maybe it's because Devin Booker is there. And now we got Chris Paul there too. Yeah. So there's two like fun to watch stars where he's just kind of like a methodical center. We got to give him credit. Without him, they're probably just not even close to a good team this year. Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. I don't know. I don't have enough good things to say about this guy right now. No, he's dope, man. And keep in mind, he's only 22 years old, playing out of his mind in the playoffs, being that anchor like you said. They rely on him heavy. Yeah, and it's not for scoring, Super too, and that's heavy. the impressive part. No. They, they, they would love to get their 30 out of him if they can, but he's scoring less than 20 every game, you know, but 13 efficient. to 19 a game, but he's so efficient, and I don't know, man. He, he's, he's So that – the, those points that you're getting aren't hurting that he's not getting more because he's not wasting possessions putting up a brick. So, he he's good, man. I'm a big DeAndre Aiden guy. Yeah, he's proved a lot this uh, year, and it's it's really yeah. cool to see, especially after I, I the, way the whole nonsense last year with the yeah <laughs> the first guy to do steroids in forever. Kind of funny that this has turned around. And people have honestly kind of forgotten about that. Wasn't it wasn't steroids? It was like a performance enhancer. I thought it was weed, and um, I could have swore it was weed. It was weed. I could have swore it was. I don't. I just think. I just think neither. Because before before then they didn't have uh, the lax uh, marijuana rules in the NBA. I'm looking it up right now. (laughs) Anti-doping policy. He tested positive and suspended 25 games. Did they say what it was for? Who's to say? Who's to say? Anti-drug policy. It was for diuretic. uh, A diuretic. Okay. So, not weed. I didn't think it was. I could have swore it was. No, I didn't. Whatever. We digress. We digress. doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. He's He's... He's great. And uh, the Suns are on the cusp. Chris Paul is on the cusp of his first ever finals appearance. And I'm so excited. He's already a Hall of Famer. He's already one of the best point guards of all time. This is one thing that people have constantly thrown in his face for not mm-hmm. ever getting to. And I think it's pretty cool and it's pretty poetic that he can potentially close out the Clippers to get there yeah i'm 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 so excited for cp man it's so dope they just gotta close it out three one leads are not his favorite leads so no and it's funny because they asked him about it and he He said i don't want to talk about it it. (laughs) miss me with that so so you know he's coming in with a mindset a killer mindset that he wants to end this Mm -hmm. tonight that game is tonight probably by the time you're listening to us it might be over so if it is and the sun's won congratulations if not here we go game six Sons of Five. Sons of Five. Then we're going <laughs> to flip on over to the other series. That one's kind of spicy. Yeah. The The Hawks come out. 
punched the Bucks in the face in game one. Trey Young goes nuts at the end of the game, hitting clutch shots. They take game one. Game two happens on Friday, and it was just bad. <laughs> yeah, we, we all need to talk about the, game the, two. <laughs> the best way to describe game two is every single rostered player on the Bucks played for at least a couple of minutes. Nuts. Absolute blowout. It was over 30 points. Bucks take back game two, make it 1-1. Then we got last night, we had a really, really fun game. Yeah. Uh, last night was interesting because the Hawks came out strong. It looked like, all right, they're, they're just going to steamroll past them. Yeah, and Trey was shooting really well to begin the game. and Mm-hmm. And really, it was it was a good game until the until the fourth quarter. And the only reason that even happens, Chris Middleton outscores the Hawks by himself in the fourth quarter. He had twenty, and the Hawks had seventeen. Yeah, you you get three points from Trey, two from Hurter, four from Collins. Like you you're not gonna not gonna make anything happen with that. Yeah, especially from a team who doesn't use their bench a whole lot outside of Gallinari, and and sometimes he even starts, so it's kind of. One of those type of situations. Uh, they don't really use their bench. And so when your your main guys are not shooting and shooting efficiently in the fourth, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a tough hill to climb. Bogdanovich, who has been so good in these playoffs, shooting three for 16 really hurts because that's a guy that you're really expecting a scoring boost from. Absolutely. And not getting that when on the other side, Bobby Portis is shooting 50%. It's tough. And the Bucks, it's been a weird trend. Like, if Middleton isn't playing well, you could you could get them. You can get them. But then if you lax at all and you let Chris snap, especially snap for 38 points, you're just going to lose. Yeah, and it kind of has it's become a common that. trend. <laughs> yeah, it, it honestly has become that. If you let Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton have a really good game, you're probably losing to the Bucks because you know Giannis is going to have his thirty points. Yeah, that, that's a given. That's a given, and both Middleton and Holiday are prone to having bad games. Holiday, this game did not play particularly well. Six points, but Middleton two four scoring outscoring the Hawks by himself in the fourth quarter is just not how you win basketball games. No, not at all, man. It's just not how it goes. And so, uh, Middleton, he's he's been getting hot. I kind of hope he stays hot because he's really he's one of those guys. He's one of the most unsung players in the league because he can just shoot with the best of them when he's hot. But since he kind of has, he's a little streaky. We kind of forget about him sometimes. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing game four. Right, game four. Yeah, game four, second game in Atlanta. It's 2-1 right now. The Bucks obviously got the lead. Trey going to need to step it up in the fourth. Thing is with Trey, he's been balling first three quarters for most of the playoffs. And then you get to the fourth quarter, and sometimes it just – he disappears. He'll hit a big shot. Like, he won't completely just go MIA. But – for the rest of the playoffs, including uh, this series and then the finals, if they could potentially make it, Trey's going to have to lock in in the fourth quarter and really really hone that 
dog mentality that he's been carrying with himself. He's been shimmying every game, too. He'll throw in a little shimmy. He, he's trying to just keep that going and not leave it as a one-time thing. But I feel like the Bucks are getting mad about that. <laughs> well, yeah. And that little, little extra push. I completely agree. I mean, Trey, when he's being aggressive in the fourth, he's been really, really good. But for some reason, it's just not there every game. Mm-hmm. And this is a perfect example of that. Like, it just it needs to be there. And he's the guy that if they are going to somehow make this finals, it's going to be through him. They need him to be aggressive. Whether or not he's playing well, needs to be aggressive. Yeah, because I really do think the Hawks could do it. Because they got a good team. They just need all units to work together. That That's the only way. Yeah. You, you can't have a bad night from Bogdanovich. You can't have a bad quarter from Trey. Well, and Dude. and realistically, it all comes down to tonight. I I know it's tough to be doom and gloom, but you can't lose. Oh, you're you're right. You can't lose both games at home against a team that's just no. objectively more talented. You can't do it. No, and then to go back to Milwaukee down three one. Yeah, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. That's tough. It's it's certainly tough. They've pulled off two upsets already in this playoffs. So if there's anybody that's seasoned and primed to do it, it is the Hawks. We'll mm-hmm. see, though. That game will be on Tuesday, so we do have another day for that. And I'm excited. I'm excited, too. Got anything else for me, Brooke? I might have a little something for you. Oh. I think we got. I think we've been doing a little segment oh. at the end of episodes now. What's going on? Well, what, what's that called? Name go, that go ahead, player. John. Name that player. Now, I'm going to let you choose which way we go. I got a baseball guy, and I got a basketball guy. Who do you want? Um, Give me the baseball guy. I feel like those are give harder. Me ba- give me the baseball guy. Yeah, give me the baseball okay. guy. I'll give you the baseball guy. So this guy, he's been 246, right, with an 876 OPS. 50 RBIs, 61 hits. Who's that player? Two for, huh. I feel like I'm not. 46 average, 876 OPS, 50 RBIs, 61 hits. Can I get any type of a hint? National League. National League. Okay. I'll I'll cut it in half. (laughs) Thank you. 240-something, 800 OP. That's – I feel like that's just so many different guys. You, you want more, more stats? I'll yeah, yeah, stats. give me more. Give me more. This might 22 help. home runs. Oh, we'll see. Here we go. I, 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 was, I was keeping that on the burner. There we go. I was keeping that on that the burner. Can, 22 help. home runs. Okay. 22 home runs in the National League. Uh-huh. But a 246 average, 876. Is that Tatis? It is not Tatis. Hmm. Who has? He's probably hitting higher than 242, huh? Um. Who has 22 home runs in the National League? For some reason, the National League just doesn't exist to me. (laughs) (laughs) And I just I feel like I never see stuff from the National League. Oh, man. Can I get, like, one yeah. more hint? East Coast. East Coast. 
East so the, Coast. The National League. Is it Acuna? It is not Acuna. All right, I want one more guess. I want one more guess. One, one more guess? guess. Okay. 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 Uh huh. It's in that same division. It's it's Kyle Schwarber. It is Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> Kyle Schwarber just surprised all of us this year and has just been on a tear. You look at his last seven games, 28 at-bats, 10 runs, 10 hits, 7 home runs, 12 RBIs, walked four times, batting 357 with a 1.107 slugging. Jesus. <laughs> Jeez. Kyle Schwarber is on an absolute tear for the Washington Nationals, and he came out of nowhere. The crazy thing is he started this year so slow. So slow. And now he's up there with the best of them he's, with 22 home 22 runs. 22 home runs? 22 home runs. I just didn't know he had 22. I thought he was sitting around 17. That's that's crazy. No. He's got 22. I'm going to look at the leaderboard right now to see where he's sitting on the whole. If he's at 22, he's probably fourth or fifth. That's what I'm going to go. I know there's a gap between, like, four and five. Because, like, everybody's – I think there's, like, three guys he's, at 25. He's uh, – I guess you could say he's third because you got uh, Vladdy Jr. at 26. You got Otani and Tatis at 25. Oh, no, so he's And then fourth. Schwarber at 22. Yeah, they're tied for second, so he's fourth. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Look at Kyle and Since Schwarber. you were asking about Tatis, he was batting – uh, two ninety. Yeah, yeah. When I said Tatis, and I was like, I think he's hitting better for yeah. average than that. But yeah, man, Kyle Schwarber, nuts. What an offseason pickup for the Nationals. What a offseason pickup. And it's kind of weird because Kyle Schwarber's playing so well that the Nationals might not want to be sellers at the deadline when they should be. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's, it's kind of scary to have a guy playing that well because you don't really know what to do. You don't. It's like, do we waste this, or do we just let it ride and be buyers at the deadline? Yeah, because realistically, they should be trading Max Scherzer. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see where where Max ends up if he does get moved. I know a lot of people are saying Cubs are a good spot, Yankees are a good spot, and obviously the Angels. I don't think the Cubs are buyers, so I don't like that, but I have seen a lot of grumblings about that. Yeah, the Yankees would be great, and the Angels, the Angels just need more firepower too, bro. Like adding Max. I mean, they need pitching. They don't have a. They, they do. Don't, they they need do pitching. need pitching. They need pitching in, a, need in pitching. the worst way. Yeah, because him, you, you got Otani and Max. That's that's wild. So, yeah, Kyle we are Storm. coming up on the trade deadline soon. So. Yeah, and, and obviously the uh, the draft is coming up too. That's exciting stuff. Not that we're draft experts or anything, but no, not at all. Jack Leiter, though, I know him. I know that name. Look out for that guy. Look out for that guy. You got anything else for me? Mm, nothing much. Just make sure you go follow the socials at underscore the spectators, Instagram, Twitter. TikTok, YouTube, go check that out. Just the spectators, go hit that subscribe. Check us out on Facebook too. Just the spectators, and then make sure Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, go hit us up over there. Make sure you listen to all our old episodes, and be on the lookout 
for some vlogs coming on YouTube. We we got a couple in the works right now. We, we have, got a couple. We have one for sure ready. coming out this week. Look, look at that. We have one for look sure. Look at that. We week. we got one hopefully being made this week. We got another one coming up soon, hopefully with the lightning and the watch party. So we're gonna see what happens. We're we're excited to get some content out for you guys. And yeah, that that's all I got. You got anything else? I know that's all I got. Again, we went over a lot this week, so thank you guys for listening as always. We'll catch you guys next week. Till then, later everybody. See ya.